On this episode, I'm flying solo to talk about the top five reasons you should take a solo trip to the parks. Today's October 18th, 2022. This is episode 505 of the Main Street Magic Podcast. Jeremy and Rhonda are more than a little fond of Disney World, so they made this podcast to share it all with you. Reports and resorts, top 10 lists of all sorts, Main Street Magic's bringing it home for you. Hello and welcome to another episode of Main Street Magic. I'm your host, Jeremy Stein, and sadly, Rhonda is not joining me today, but I promise to try and make this episode uh, still as informative and entertaining as possible. But before we get into that, make sure you check us out on the web at MainSTMagic.com, as well as follow on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at MainSTMagic. If you've not done so already, go ahead and head out to Facebook and search for the Main Street Magic community and ask to join. Then if you go ahead and hit that subscribe button, you're going to get brand new episodes every Tuesday and Friday. We know that planning a trip to Disneyland or Walt Disney World can be overwhelming and at times just downright frustrating, especially when it comes to booking those must-do dining reservations. But don't worry, because Mouse Dining removes the frustration of booking Disney dining reservations by alerting you when they spot availability for your desired restaurant, date, meal, and time. You can visit msmfriends.com and use this free service. And then if you're getting ready to plan that next Disney or Universal vacation, maybe you're looking to go on a cruise or pretty much travel anywhere else in the world, head to mainstmagictravel.com and fill out a form for a free quote. Our travel services are completely free to you. So it is pretty fitting that I would be doing this solo episode because I'm talking all about solo trips to Walt Disney World, Universal Orlando Resort, uh, really any theme park, any, I guess, vacation destination. And if you have listened to the show in the past, uh, this is not exactly up Rhonda's alley. She's not interested in doing a solo trip. I will say I recommend them for everyone. And I do think you should try at some point and we'll see if we can get Rhonda on a solo trip, even for a night. And, you know, a solo trip can consist, I think, of many things. Most importantly, I think that you're traveling by yourself. Uh, We've talked in the past with Rhonda. If she were to do a solo trip, she would do it during a time when she knew other friends were in the parks and would meet up with them. I do think that still classifies as a solo trip, but it's not exactly the way that I'm going to cover things today. Uh, It has been quite a while, actually, since I've done a solo trip. I did them in the past. Usually it was to cover something because Rhonda was working and, you know, a festival opened on a Tuesday or a Wednesday or something like that. And I'd go down for the day, stay the night, come back home. Uh, For me personally, and I know this will vary a lot for different people. One night is great. Two nights is perfect. For me, anything more than two nights is just too much. Now, I am a two-hour drive to and from, so it's very different than if you're looking at flying and you've put in you know, the money and the investment to fly to and from you know, Disney World or, or Universal or you know, Orlando, whatever it may be. And so that may extend your nights on what makes it worth it. But for me, after two nights, uh, I do start to get a little bit 
lonely in a sense. Uh, I do miss Rhonda. I miss our girls, Kaylin and Lacey, and I like to get back home. Uh, I don't travel anymore for work, but back when I did, it was very similar. I would usually only go away for one or two nights. And for me personally, that was about my limit. I know for other people, it definitely may be longer. But I think before we get into the actual kind of top five countdown, and this is maybe like a little bonus or, or a little bit of extra. Um, I do think a solo trip can be very important, dependent on uh, where you are in life, where you are at work, where you are, uh, you know, around certain things that if you just need a break, this can be a really good opportunity and time to get down to the theme parks, to enjoy them kind of on your own. Uh, the reasons why we'll go through here, but it can really be a wonderful way for a break from the daily life of yeah, work and, and family and friends and just life in general. So let's go ahead and start diving in to my personal top five reasons that you should do a solo trip. Number five. And yes, I do have some sound effects planned just to make this a little bit more interesting and not just have my voice uh, going throughout the entire thing, because that would probably get a little bit monotonous. So for number five. You get to meet interesting and new people. Hello there. So when you're on a solo trip, one of the things that I have found for sure is that you do get to a certain point where it's very, it can be very nice to be kind of like just by yourself with your thoughts, uh, doing whatever you want to do. But there does become a point where you want interaction with other people. Me, myself, that is something that I can sometimes crave daily. Uh, one of the things I've never gotten used to working from home is not having that office space, I guess, you know, camaraderie of at any time getting to interact with other people during your workday. And so I'm somebody that really loves to talk with other people, find out where they're from, find out, you know, the reason that they're there. Uh, often I get to share my story or why I'm there. And I will say as a solo traveler, and we'll get into some of this, especially it comes down to waiting in line queues for attractions, uh, dining, things like that. There will be conversation that will come up, um, whether it's somebody asking you like, oh, are you here by yourself? Because a lot of folks and, and I know there's a lot of locals that will go into the parks by themselves. You know, maybe it's not so much the, the solo travelers from outside that have to fly or drive. But a lot of the folks that are going to the parks are a couple. They are a family. They are a group. They're there for a specific reason, like a bachelor, a bachelorette party, whatever it may be. And they don't go as often as, you know, myself and, and Rhonda and I are as fortunate enough to go. And, and many of you maybe are. And so for them, it's a very interesting concept on why you would come to, you know, Walt Disney World, for example, by yourself. And so there's some great conversation that you can usually strike up. Uh, you can usually meet people. Some of them, you know, you're going to exchange social media channels or maybe your phone number or whatever it may be. You're going to keep in touch with them. One of my good friends, and maybe I'm wrong and he can go ahead and correct me. I believe I was actually on a solo trip uh, when I met now a very good friend of mine and podcast listener, Eric Santalacito. And I, we met in Animal Kingdom and it was one of those things. Now, he was a listener, but still I was there by myself and I was like, oh, I have an opportunity to, you know, meet someone that sounds awesome. And so you'll find yourself striking up these really cool conversations. And as, as I don't want this to sound bad, but 
when you're in line by yourself or you're at a restaurant by yourself, you can devote your time to this person or these people, this family, this group, whatever it may be, because you don't have anyone else to devote your time to, if that makes sense. You don't have a significant other there with you or your kids with you or your other family members or friends with you. So you really have an opportunity to talk to other guests, learn more about them, strike up these conversations. Cast members, this is a wonderful time to connect with the incredible cast members uh, throughout the Disney parks, the team members over at Universal. Again, you're going to strike up conversation when they know that you're there kind of by yourself. Now, this may completely go off your list if you're an introvert who is there by yourself specifically to be by yourself because you don't want to interact with other people. But as somebody who can often be an extrovert, um, depending on the day or time, I certainly am when I am in the theme parks, I kind of am overhearing and listening. I'm not being creepy or anything, but it's hard not to sit maybe at a bar with another group or be in line and overhear something and strike up a conversation with them. You know, I'm looking for that interaction, not because I feel lonely, because I genuinely want to interact and get to know other people. Uh, one of the things that I just find extremely fascinating is is knowing why people are where they are. Now, obviously, you're in Disney, you're in Universal, any of the the theme parks in Orlando or beyond. You know, people are there for a vacation, but is there another reason around it? One of the games that Rhonda and I play when we drive to and from Orlando is if we see somebody hauling a camper, one of us will look to the other one and say, "I wonder where they're going." And, you know, we think maybe they're heading down to central Florida, depending on where we are, if we're on I-4 or we're on 95, you know, where are they going? And I think it's an interesting kind of um, concept and thought or experiment. If you could, without being creepy, is just to stop one in every 10 people and say, what brought you here? You know, why are you here? Is this a birthday? Is this an anniversary? Is this a honeymoon? Is this just, a, you know, someone in your party beat cancer? whatever it may be. And that's why I love the the buttons as well. Uh, so go ahead and get yourself a button. Yours could simply say, I'm celebrating a solo trip and it's going to strike up conversation. And I'm telling you, you're going to meet some wonderful, wonderful people. There are certainly people that we have met in the parks or I've met on a solo trip that I continue to have relationships with through, you know, text or social media or whatever it may be. But there are even more that I have met that I may never speak to them again, but I remember them and I remember it making the trip that much better. Number four. Single rider line. When it comes to being Bela, it's just me, myself, and I. If attractions and rides are your thing, then single rider as a solo traveler could probably move a little bit more up this list. So currently there are four rides at Disney World with a permanent single rider line that includes Rock and Roller Coaster over at Hollywood Studios, Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run at Hollywood Studios, Test Track at Epcot, Expedition Everest at Animal Kingdom. If you're not familiar with a single rider line, it's basically what it sounds like. You are going to go into a separate line 
And as odd numbers show up in these lines, you're going to fill in that space. So Rock and Roller Coaster, Everest, you know, Test Track, you are going to be sat next to someone you don't know. Uh, as Rhonda often <laughs> says, she doesn't want to be sat next to a weirdo. But if you're being honest, if she's traveling with me and any of our friends or family, uh, she's doing that anyway. So but this really will get you through so much quicker. So there's a couple differences that I'll go through real quick. Uh, test track is a great one for this because of the fact that you have six people in the ride. Same thing with uh, Millennium Falcon Smugglers Run. A lot of times you will see families of four groups of four. So there can be a good opportunity to sneak in there as a single rider. You know, unless there's a group of two right behind you, the way that they're going to count it off at Expedition Everest. From my experience Every time there is an odd party, they fill it with a single rider. So if you have a party of two, a party of two, a party of four, you get to your party of three, they're going to fill you in with that party of three. In my experience with Rock and Roller Coaster, they are trying to pair up as many uh, uh, even numbers as they can. So if you had a party of two, they see party of two, they see you then have a party of three and behind them is a party of three. They're going to pair those two together. They're going to wait until they can't get an even number until they just can't. And then they're going to fill in that single rider, which would be you. This can really bypass things like having to use Genie Plus individual lightning lane uh, for these several rides. So something to think about if you're there as a single rider and you're focused on attractions, you're focused on rides and you say, you know what, uh, I'm not going to use Genie Plus for Rock and Roller Coaster, Millennium Falcon. Uh, test tracker expedition. What this can also do, I've experienced this on Flight of Passage many times. Even though there's not a dedicated single rider line, sometimes they still need to fill all those seats. So you will hear Flight of Passage, as I just said, a lot of times you could be 30 people back and a cast member will say, any parties of one. If the 30 people in front of you aren't a party of one, guess what? You're skipping them all and you're getting right on the attraction. Let's head over to Universal Orlando Resort real quick. And I will say all these are subject to change, especially at Universal. They can switch on and off whether they're offering that single rider or not. But on the Universal Studios side, you have Fast and Furious, Supercharged, Harry Potter and Escape from Gringotts, Hollywood Rip Ride Rocket, Men in Black Alien Attack, Revenge of the Mummy, Transformers The Ride. Over at Islands of Adventure, you are looking at The Amazing Adventures of Spider-Man, Dr. Doom's Fearfall, Dudley Do-Right's Ripsaw Falls. I will say I would never go to a single rider for that. Um, as much as I do want to meet and interact with new folks, I'm just strange about um, being in close quarters in a ride like does Dudley Do-Right's where literally your legs could be on the side of someone you don't know. They're probably equally as like, eh, I'm not sure about this guy as well. So uh, Hagrid's Magical Creatures Motorbike Adventure, Harry Potter and the Forbidden Journey, The Incredible Hulk Coaster, Jurassic Park River Adventure, Jurassic World Velocicoaster, and Skull Island Reign of Kong. This is my own personal preference. Um, I don't care, and I totally get it still falling under the single rider category, I personally don't care for when a group will split up into single riders just to get on quicker, but I understand the logic and the theory about it. As long as they're cool, knowing that, hey, we're not going to ride together, and this is certainly something you could do, 
you know, if Rhonda and I were there and we thought uh, we really want to ride Everest, the wait is 60 minutes. We don't have a Genie Plus Lightning Lane. We don't want to wait 60 minutes. We could split up and go to single rider knowing that we just won't sit together. Rhonda's not going to do that, but I would. Um, but I just personally would like to see the single rider stay for the single rider slash traveler. Number three. Dining as a solo traveler can make life a heck of a lot easier, and I'm sure our buddy John Self would agree with me. Hey, how's it going? Hey, uh, just I'd like to grab some dinner, please. Okay, great. Is your uh, wife going to meet you? No. Are you girlfriend? No, I don't, uh, I don't have a girlfriend. So. Just by yourself? Yeah. Sucks. Okay, so just one. All right, uh, here's your wine list, your menu. Come on. You want like a magazine or something? It's going to be boring if you're just sitting by yourself. So not only is solo dining going to be easier ahead of time when you're only looking for a party of one, uh, it's going to be a lot easier as a walk up, especially when you're going to bars and lounges. And one of my favorite things to do as a solo diner is to go to those walk up bars and lounges. You know, look at a place like Bar Riva, Nomad Lounge, Three Bridges. Uh, any of these, some of our favorite spots that we've shared with you many times are going to be a lot easier to get a seat as you just walk up. Uh, same thing with booking at your 60 days. If you're looking at a party of one, similar to a party of two, it is going to be easier to get than larger parties. So it definitely makes that simpler. And if we look back to my number five about meeting interesting people, these are one of the spots that you're going to meet people the most is sitting at a bar, sitting at a lounge uh, area, something like that, and just kind of connecting with people, connecting with the cast members, the bartenders and all that are serving you. So I really love this. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit probably more about all of these as we get into number one. But first, we got to move on next to number two. Number two. Obviously, Disney World. Uh, Universal Orlando, basically everywhere on the planet, has gotten a lot more expensive. That's a, loud. That's a lot of money. But when you significantly reduce your travel party, everything costs less in the grand scheme of things. So if you were normally traveling with a family of four or five, you're normally traveling as a couple, you are spending a lot less money to do the things you want to do. Let's break it down to dining. You're only paying for one drinks. You're only paying for one genie plus individual lightning lane attractions. You're now only paying for one. So it certainly makes it a lot more affordable. Shoot. Go back to flights, which I almost overlooked because we don't have to fly, you know, to, to Orlando. You're spending a significantly less amount of money by it just being a solo trip. And what I think is something that you can certainly do is say that, all right, as a family of maybe four or as a couple, we can go once a year. That's within our budget. But I do think that if you look at possibly tacking on maybe solo trips for yourself, for your significant other, you know, uh, the other one stays at home with the kids or whatever it may be, you can go ahead and maybe go twice a year and you can look at, you know, maximizing what you're spending by there only being one of you. And so the the cost even down to hotel rooms, because if you start to, you know, hotel rooms at, at Disney and Universal are set for two people. 
If you start adding guests to get up to that four or five maximum occupancy, they're going to charge you more. So even the rooms can technically cost less, uh, you know, over what you're looking at doing. Merchandise, you're now only buying for one. You're not buying for an entire family. And I personally feel that if you're there by yourself, me, when I have traveled solo, I'm not buying myself merchandise. You know, I think that's something that you see a lot more, especially when you have kids that are traveling with you that are saying, you know, I want this, I want that. So you can save a significant amount of money by going ahead and just going there on your own. Number one. This is probably the best part is that you get to do whatever you want. Three words for you. Treat, yo, sell. I absolutely love traveling with my family, traveling with Rhonda, traveling with friends. But going as a solo traveler gives you the freedom to literally do whatever you want. And this will pretty much cover all of the four reasons ahead of this one. You know, you can dine where you want. You can drink where you want. You can ride what you want. You can buy what you want. You can meet who you want. It just everything goes around you getting to set your own schedule uh, you don't have to worry about others in your party. I love to go with people and to make them happy and watch them ride that ride that they wanted, see that show that they wanted, dine at that place they wanted. But it's okay sometimes to say, you know what? This one is more about me. This is about what I want to do. This is my little break from reality. So I'm going to go ahead and do whatever the heck I want. And there is no schedule. It can change at a last minute's notice if that's what you want to do. You can get up early if you want and rope drop. You can sleep in if that's your thing. You can stay till all hours of the night. You know, you cannot take a break in the middle of the day because the kids are tired. And while all of those things, again, are wonderful traveling with other people, especially when they're they're awesome friends and family, it's neat sometimes to go and say, you know what? This one's about me. I'm going to treat myself. I'm going to do whatever it is I want, when I want, and where I want. Okay, so those are my top five reasons for doing a solo trip to the theme parks. We'll include mostly Walt Disney World, Universal Orlando Resort. That's what we focus on. But of course, I had to go out to the Main Street Magic community, to Twitter, and ask, what are your favorite parts about doing a solo trip? So Daniel from Facebook says, being on your own schedule. Number one, Rachel, our good friend, says not having to worry about what anyone else wants to do. Again, let's go back to our number one. Feeling free to change your plans at the last minute because you don't have to be concerned about someone else. You're literally on your own schedule. You can utilize single rider lines, and also sometimes you get to move up in line because cast or team members are looking for single riders. Also, generally, works out cheaper for food. I also just like being alone sometimes. Maybe it's because I'm an only child, but I value me time a lot. Christina chimed in and said to Rachel, I am also an only child, and there's usually one day where I send everyone off at Disney to do their own thing because I need to be by myself. And Christina actually brings up a really good point. A solo trip doesn't maybe have to be a solo trip. It could be a solo day. It could be a solo morning, a solo afternoon. Sometimes you just need to take time for yourself while you're there. Erica said, I've done two solo trips in the past two years. So easy to make your way through crowds, not having to worry about your group getting lost. Easier to make last minute dining reservations too. 
plus what Rachel and Daniel said about flexibility and plans. Sam said, I've never done a solo trip, but I irrationally hate when people in my group have to go to the bathroom, but I don't. I'm just standing outside the bathroom for however many minutes, imagining what else I could be doing with this time. Sam, that is me. That's like my uh, uh, probably anxiety of thinking like, I want to interact. I want to be with people. What could I be doing right now? Like, kind of like, let's go. Uh, Sam also said, I could imagine it's easier to get food orders done or get a last minute dining reservation, even just finding somewhere to sit and eat quick service. Uh, of course, Adam has to chime in, our good buddy from the Mouse and More podcast, and he said he likes to text me about what snack he should buy next. It's always going to be a Mickey pretzel with cheese, side of popcorn, and then dip your popcorn in the leftover cheese. So Anne says, I love my solo trips. It's my self-care time, and that is really, really important, I do believe. I do a lot of things solo, though, Disney, Universal, SeaWorld, or elsewhere. I can go at my own pace and explore and don't have to worry about what someone else wants or dislikes, etc. I also have done a few extra events like the VIP tour at Universal and looking forward to the Universal Christmas tour next month that would be harder cost-wise with a group or family. Again, let's go back to our number two in costs. I also think that it takes the pressure off of me when I'm traveling in a group because I have less FOMO knowing I can do my next solo trip. My con is it's harder to get pictures other than selfies without paying for Memory Maker, etc. I think everyone should try a solo trip at least once, and Disney Universal are great places to get your feet wet, so to speak. Chris says he loves the freedom to do what you want. Uh, Danielle says, at Disney, anything. But her favorite part about a Universal solo trip is the single rider line. Over on the Twitter side, our buddy John Self says... Complete freedom to do whatever you want. Single rider queues and stopping, starting whenever you want. However, each of the theme park resorts are very different in how this would work currently as a solo traveler. We just did a last episode about the best resort for certain travelers and parties, and we had selected Boardwalk Inn as a solo traveler. Um, at H-A-W-T-H-E says never have and probably never will go solo. Duos, however, are optional. I do agree. Duos are pretty awesome, but I'm telling you, you should try a solo trip if you can sometime. Uh, then Larry says, my schedule. I can be in the parks, rope drop to close, but my family can't handle it. Plus, there are so many minor shows, street performances that I can't do when I'm focused on making sure the family gets to all the headliners. And Larry, I think you really summed that all up perfectly with the number one on my list is that you can stop and take the time for those things. You know, you're not dependent on other people in your party. Uh, I think I mentioned before, when I'm at Disney, when I'm at Universal, I'm usually really gung-ho on making sure that everybody that's traveling with us has the best possible time and they get the opportunity to do whatever they want. So again, if you can make it about yourself, even just for a night or two, maybe a long weekend, I think traveling solo is absolutely incredible, and I agree that everybody should do it at least once. Now, listen to this segue. As a solo traveler, you can go ahead and spread the word about our t-shirts, our store. We have a brand new Let It Snope design that is limited edition. It will only be on sale till the end of the month, and then it is gone forever. You can find that at mainstmagic.com forward slash store. If you do not know about MainStreet16.com, which will benefit Give Kids the World the first weekend in February, I highly recommend you go visit the website, 
Again, that's MainStreet16.com. You can find out all the details about our charity event weekend, which does include a 16 ride challenge that Saturday. If you are up for that task, it is super duper fun. Uh, the rides are picked at random just a couple weeks before. So you can game plan, you can strategize, you can do all that good stuff. And then there is a Friday night ticketed event which will include a trivia contest to win some awesome prizes there's going to be a live podcast recording with Rhonda, myself as well as scott and michelle atwood from the main street mouse we will have an awesome guest host food drink and more again all of this mainstreet16.com thank you all so much for listening go ahead and hit that subscribe button get these brand new episodes every tuesday and friday i will be very excited to have Rhonda back with me for Friday's episode. And if you have not done so already, we'd be super appreciative if you can leave us a rating and review. Because if Rhonda was here, she would tell you it helps our show grow. That's all I've got. I'll see you real soon. Welcome. How many in your party? Two? Uh, no, just the one. <laughs> all right, party of one, follow me. I look around, and once again I'm on my own My man in here, he's gone and done me wrong No one's gonna stop this girl from having fun I throw my hands up high and have a party for one I'm having a me party, a party by myself A me party, I don't need nobody else A me party, I'm the first and last to show There's no one at this party that I don't already know Sit around by myself and wait for you. Haven't you heard? One is the new two. I'm gonna make a scene. I'm gonna make a fuss. Tonight I'm gonna celebrate with just the one of us. I'm having a big party. Haven't I seen you here before? A big party. I'm the last one on the dance floor. Big party. I'll party just for one. anyone else? Oh, no. No, it's just me. Party of one.